This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the Startup Diary. Today, we have another member spotlight from the network. This is where we sit and talk to one of our awesome community members from the network and dig into their business, their journey, and answer any questions they might have live on the show. This time, we're speaking with Tommy McNee from Chapter One Consultancy, talking about his business and also a personal journey and transformation that he's been on recently. If you'd like to be part of the network and get access to exclusive content, then it's simple. Just head over to mbs.fm forward slash network. The network is where you can support the show for only a five or a month. And for that, you'll get access to exclusive content like a private Slack channel, weekly live streams, member spotlights, monthly book club, and members only meetups. If you get value from what we do and would like to show your support, this is the best way to do it. And if you don't have a fiver, it's no problem. We're still doing our regular weekly shows on Mondays and interview shows on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So for now, guys, please enjoy the audio from our member spotlight with Tommy McNee from Chapter One Consultancy. Tommy, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, guys. How are you? All good, mate. All good, thank you. Re- really good, thank you, buddy. Thanks for coming on and joining us today, mate. Really good to good to actually have a conversation with you rather than just over over text chat. So uh, yes, uh, why don't we start with by if you can just give us a little bit of an overview of who Tommy McNee is. I'm sure a lot of the community will know you anyway, but it'd be great to just have a little bit of a like background on you, what where you came from, what you've been doing over the past five ten years, and then I suppose where you're at today with chapter one as well, mate. Okay, so who's Tommy McNee? Tommy McNee <laughs> is a 33-year-old um, father of three. Um, I have a daughter at 12, two sons ages six and two. So a lot of my time is currently you know, outside of my office hours, Monday to Friday, should be nine till five, is more like seven till seven, <laughs> uh, is taken up by family. So out of school, um, 15 years old, my dad dropped me into working a summer holiday, destined for a numbers man. I was always destined for university to become an accountant or perhaps an actuary. I worked a summer holiday at 15 years old, never went back to school. Um, my dad had a, a kind of small removal slash college firm. We used to do a lot of sofa deliveries for DFS. I got so used to the wage packet every Friday. My first wage was £161.40. I still have it laminated in a cupboard upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I got so used to that, you know, yeah. buying clothing and, and just having my own disposable income. You know, I think I end up paying my mum and dad about £15 per week to, to still stay at home. Yeah. From there, I worked with my dad's company um, until, sadly, just 10 years ago, um, coming up at the end of this month, he passed away. Um, At that age, I was 22 years old. Um, You know, I really struggled for about 6 to 12 months. We attempted myself, my younger brother and my mum to take over the business. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea, and we just decided to sell off the asset. Um, and and it closed down the company, closed that chapter, if you will. Um, which is right, can I ask a quick question there, mate? Sorry to interrupt. So how so you've been working with your dad since you were like fifteen? Did you say? Yeah, since I was fifteen. Yes, yeah, so, so seven years. 
So by the t did I take it you will have learned a lot during that period though, right? Because between the period of like 15 and 22, that's seven-year gap. Were you, were you learning a lot about the business at that point or like how to run a business or like how did that period, like in, I suppose, how did that period kind of shape who you are today? Yeah, well, well, not really much about the actual business in terms of, you know, profit and loss, balance sheets, marketing. Right. It was more me learning that job. So my dad had a contract with what became HMRC, which used to be Inland Revenue and Customs and Excise before they merged. Right. We delivered all of their furniture. We'd done all of their fit-out. We moved every single redundant tax file in the whole of the UK down to big super centers. So I headed up that part of the company, which was essentially a project management role. Right. Within that role, I don't know if you guys will remember many years ago, two child benefit discs went missing. Someone stole two child benefit discs. And on those discs, um, every member of the UK public who claimed child benefit got one pound stolen from their bank account. No way. Someone became a millionaire overnight. Because those two discs went missing, we had then had a UK-wide project through every single inland revenue and customs and excise building in the UK. Everything that had a lock and key had to come out, be recycled and be disposed of, and we had to replace all of those. Wow. And believe it or not, my dad used to come out, even though he ran the company, he used to come out and, and do the jobs with us. And it was sadly on one of those jobs that, that he pretty much dropped under a desk, had a heart attack and passed away in front of my eyes. Oh, that, that was at 22 and all I knew was I knew my job I knew my job very well I knew how to run projects on budget and on time but I had no idea how to run a business and subsequently that came to fruition 12 months later where it just wasn't right right okay so then what happened from there then what, what did you kind of move to from from that from, so from the chapter I suppose yeah I, I just pottered about I know or knew at that point nothing else other than removals. As I say, I was a numbers man destined for university. I just, the money got hold of me. Um, it was a very, very stressful time in all of our lives. You know, we had to sell off properties that my dad had owned. You know, we had to go through a rebate with tax and, and all of these things, which was difficult. So from there, I didn't work for about six months and I made the decision that I didn't want any stress. I was too young to carry it. And I joined my current company, which is another removal company. I just joined as a, a HGV driver to drive trucks up and down the country. Nice, stress-free, easy life, you know, not, no drama. Turn up in the morning, look after myself, pop off Monday to Friday, do my deliveries, go home and spend time with the kids at the weekend. Yeah. That was in 2015. So I had kind of a year out, I joined them. Within six months, um, I noticed that the processes weren't as streamlined. Um, I mentioned to the managing director at the time, we could do it this way. Have you ever thought of this CRM? When I mentioned this CRM, you know, a managing director of a company had been going 14 years. He had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, they were so old-fashioned in their ways. They still used a paper booking diary. And at that time, I think the turnover of the company was about seven to eight hundred thousand pounds. So he asked me if I wanted a job as the operations manager to control the the trucks and the men, and you know, build the CRM. I came on, done that for two years. Once I was in the office, I noticed again processes weren't great, 
we were duplicating work and then we were missing out on other opportunities because we were doubling the work at the other end. So I went to him again and says, you know, this is great, really enjoying it, but X, Y, and Z can be so much better. Um, I believe if we do X, Y, and Z. And from there, he pretty much gave me free reign. You know, he had guided his company for 14 years uh, and the company actually turns 20 this year. And he said to me, do what you want with it. You know, you've got such young, fresh ideas, you know, a lot more about, you know, CRMs and systems and processes and marketing. And I kind of surprised myself because it was nothing I ever knew or nothing I ever learned. Ideas just kept popping into my head. I kept spitting them out. And for some reason, probably good luck, it just all seemed to work and click and bring us more revenue. Where do you think some of that was coming from, Tommy? Because like, you've obviously got to know what a CRM is to come up with the idea of implementing a, like a just, CRM. I was just thinking is like the way Tommy explained his seven years in his dad's business he's probably taken in a lot more than he thinks yeah. during that time. Uh, because you kind of, I was trying to work it out myself as you asked the question, which was you've got this seven-year period in the business that your dad ran, Tommy, uh, and then you went out, hit the roads as a driver, uh, but you've got all this insight that you've seen. Uh, like, I guess, did you go and explore the world of business when you ended that chapter in your life at 22 and then want to learn and develop to become a business owner? Or was this just stuff that sat with you that started to come out once you saw someone else running the businesses and the inefficiencies, was it? I guess what I'm asking is, did you actively go and try and educate yourself at 22 about business, or is this just the stuff you learned from your dad by just osmosis and being around it, really? Yeah, great question, guys. And I think I think it's a bit of both. Um, when essentially I felt, and I felt a great degree of guilt because I became the man of the family. My my mum is obviously on her own from there. And I felt a great degree of guilt that we couldn't guide the company or keep the company going. So I set off on a journey there to, to learn about business. As I say, I'd always wanted to become an actuary or an accountant or something of that ilk. I went away and looked at the numbers on you know, how a business should operate. At the same time as I was driving, I was getting handed paperwork. It didn't make sense. And I used to always think, what well, don't like this when my dad had it. You know, when we handed it in, there was such a lengthy process of office where I work now wanted to scan it and wanted to do this and wanted to take a staple out and then restaple it and I was like this is all redundant behavior that doesn't need to take place all we need to do is do one two three and so yeah I think I have picked up a lot more than what I thought I had having you know my dad hand me paperwork my dad take me to restart and project meetings and discuss the budgets of projects and the deadlines and how critical the deadlines were um, you know, to service the client. A lot of the work was done out of hours, you know, weekends, evenings, so that the client could be up and running on a first time Monday morning. The IT infrastructure had moved over, the phone system had moved over, all the port numbers had moved over. So I probably picked up a lot more than what I thought on the project management side, which relates to business in terms of budget and, and you know, doing things quicker and easier. Sounds like you kind of like been around, mm -hmm. like, change in 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 a business which is or, or like 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 you say like it infrastructure digital change just being around those things to be honest like i guess it's like resonating a bit with me because uh tommy i was raised in a in a family where my mom and dad ran a company called ics which is independent courier services so at the front of our house there's a transport and logistics company uh so very close uh and I never really thought about business, but by being around it and just mm. hearing the phone calls and seeing the work, yeah. you kind of just pick it up. Yeah. And then stuff comes out later on in life. 
Um, so let's just, yeah, <laughs> in lots of different ways. Uh, <laughs> um, so Tommy, t- where, where are we in the journey right now? So you're, what, uh, 25, 26 years old right now, um, operations manager for this company? Is that where we are? Yeah, so well, I'm a little bit older than that. I'm the wrong side of 30 now. Um, I'm the, the, the general manager, soon to be director of the company. So part of my appraisal in January of this year was to become a director and I was left with the choice of did I want to make that also a shareholding in the business and you know input some of what I've got tucked away for a rainy day fund into the business to become a shareholder because last year they bought one of the directors out. So there's a board of three directors and I work directly under the managing director who is now down to a 3D week and golfs every Friday and I pretty much run the business for them. And my reward for that is, is to make director. Due to COVID-19, you know, which we can probably go into a little bit, um, everything is is delayed slightly just until we're almost out of the other side. But we just need to see how the economy and the housing market you know, looks before we make those kind of big commitments. And before I also make a big kind of monetary commitment of, of giving it to the company that, that hopefully we're going to see fruition over the next five to ten years just out of interest tommy is the business that you guys run is it is it mostly like residential removals removals this is just like my, my curiosity or is it like commercial stuff as well or is it is it both or um, it's all I and mean, people ask what are you doing and i say removals you know you think of yeah the white van moving your, your mum and dad around the corner or a courier company but we go as far as to the extent um, we have a huge hundred hundred thousand suite uh, square feet warehouse. Um, we hold a hundred thousand records management boxes and, and data management. We do household relocation. We do commercial relocation for banks such as HSBC, the Scottish Courts, and the Scottish Crown Office. We run all of their projects for them. We do something called global mobility. Now, global mobility is for companies such as Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy, for companies such as Unilever, um, and we control all of their staff, Ralph Lauren. So a lot of those people will move overseas. We will find their children's schools. We will fly their pets through air freight. We will fly their clothing and their golf clubs, which is always most important. You have to know this. You know, out to the States, we do a lot with BP and Shell Oil. And mobility is really, you know, finding them a property, making sure they're happy with the neighbours, making sure their kids are settled at school. And we manage all of that for them. So basically, they just have to get on the aeroplane, meet the stuff at the other side, and we manage it from a full, what we call... <laughs> Can you do that for me? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess um, the, when I mentioned the 25, 27, I, I, think, I don't think I made the connect uh, uh, from a narrative of where we talked about your journey. We got to 27. So have you been at that same business, just so I know, same business since you were 23, 24 years old? Yes. So pretty uh, okay, much okay. from HGV driver through to now. That's amazing. Listen, I want to just like change lanes a little bit if it's okay with you guys, because I think one of the most impressive things I find in you as an individual, Tommy, is your personal transformation and your change. Um, Can we just like segue to that and just learn a little bit more about who you were as a person, as mindset five, seven, 10 years ago? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be putting words in your mouth, but you've gone through a significant transformation in the last 18 months, circa 18 months. Can we just talk about that for a little bit? Because I think that's it's quite impactful what you've gone through, and I'd love other people to hear your story. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if I take it back, um, just when my dad passed away and, and the company essentially failed, now we tried our best and, and failure isn't a word that I like. But the bottom line is we couldn't run the company because we didn't know what we were doing. So it failed and we closed it down. From there, I had probably two to three years of, of turmoil. Uh, I never became an alcoholic, uh, nowhere near. But I did have a reliance on binge drinking, which then led to, you know, a Friday night, a Saturday night became a Sunday lunchtime, which meant by a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I was still lethargic. Um, I became stuck in such a rut where I was doing okay. Now, for a lot of people, okay is fine. My salary was okay. My kids were okay. My family was okay. And I was busy enough and okay. That became my life um, for a little while, believe it or not, uh, inspired by podcasts, much like yourself, Adam, when you were driving around, the radio gets a little bit boring. I started picking up on business podcasts, on self-development, started reading a little bit more books and realized, you know, there's a whole lot more to life and the world than, than just being okay. So I started to read a little bit more, but Something resonated with me, and it's something I spoke to, to Stephen May with just last week, is that I was reading all of these books and, and taking zero action. Um, nothing was fulfilling. I was telling people, I'm doing 40 books a year, but I was doing absolutely nothing with them. I subsequently read every book I read once, again, and decided at that point, probably about 12 months ago, to, to start taking action on it. Um, things started to become a little bit better for me. Things were moving from okay to good. And that was all aspects. It was family, it was relationships, it was business, you know, the, the turnover, and most importantly, the bottom line profit was improving. And it was all driving, essentially, or driven by my hard work. From there, when, when COVID-19 hit, um, I noticed a pattern which scared me a little bit. And the first two, two weeks, the 10 weeks, uh, sorry, 10 days to two weeks, um, was really difficult because the weather was so great. I had nothing to do. Um, initially, I was furloughed by the business, and that was a decision that me and the MD had taken because it was simply nothing to do until we you know, had a real good look at what was going to happen. What I had done was reach for a bottle of beer. It was great weather. Again, that become two or three days into four days into a week. From there, I put on a substantial amount of weight over that time, and I thought to myself, my excuse was always time. I'm busy. I have a young family. You know, I never have time for myself. You know, to go a run, to go a cycle, to go to the gym. And in previous years, I have trained on and off, uh, and I've done a, a degree in nutrition, uh, which I hope to do a master's in. So I know how to do it. I just didn't do it. And after a week of lockdown, I just I can't tell you what happened. I, I really can't. Woke up one morning, five in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep. I went out a long, hard walk and just flicked a switch. And from there, I lost just more than five stone in four and a half months. That's I started a podcast. I started a business, you know, which is to do with the podcast. It's to do with NLP and CBT training in terms of almost becoming, you know, my partner suffers from, just to go on a tangent a little bit, my partner suffers from severe anxiety, and I've seen it firsthand how it can really destroy people's day-to-day lives. Yeah. So my plan going forward is to create a side business on helping people get through what I've been through, what she's been through, and hopefully you know, to, to being from okay to good. I really want to try and work out how to unpackage that switch moment. Um, mm. 
and I'm not sure if we can, to be honest, Tommy, because the way you explained it was just one day you woke up at five and then you just turned the switch. Unpackage that a little bit for me to tell me what was going on in your head, because even if someone can listen to this and go, I want to flick that switch as well. Like one, is there anything else you can share about what made you flick that? And then secondly, is like flicking it on one day's okay. The habit building exercise of getting up, doing the five o'clock mm. walks and starting your day off right consistently. That's what people struggle with. Just talk to me about that in terms of what you've done to build the habits. Yeah, so, so what I've done is, is, is quite literally, um, I just couldn't sleep. You know, it was pouring down with rain, battering off the window, and I just got up. I was planning to get up, make a coffee, you know, pop on BBC News, whatever it is, um, and just kind of wilt the morning away. Something just made me go outside. I don't want to say it's a voice in my head. I, I really don't know, and that's probably the most Ah, I just popped a jacket on, some tracksuit bottoms, and I went for a walk. And I initially thought, I'll just go a walk, try to clear my head, probably get back and, and go to bed. And on that walk, I just questioned everything. I questioned, you know, what my dad would have thought of me as a father, as, as you know, how well I'm doing in the company to, to be offered a, a director position, um, you know, after the business initially failing of what we couldn't control. I just kept walking. And I kept on putting into practice the books I had reread for a second time. And something I think we spoke of last week or earlier in the week, Adam, was, was the Miracle Morning book. Yep. Uh, and that just resonated with, with me somewhere in terms of working off the pillars, putting into practice. And something, and it's a big thing I think people tend to forget with habits and we know with all these things, it's great to have, if you don't have accountability, it is very easy to switch that switch back off. I had no accountability. My, my friendship circle from you know four or five years old are my close friends, but we're very different now, which is why I'm so grateful to be part of the network and speak to you guys and listen to you guys and really feed off the energy of like-minded people. I don't have that in my friendship group, but I have a different type of bond with my friends. So I decided to make the accountability into social media and videos. And every morning since then, I've got up at 5 a.m., posted a video or posted a post. It could be literally just a picture with the tagline consistency. And it's the same place at the same time every single day, normally listening to you guys on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. A couple of other podcasts of choice, um, as well as my, my own, which I've now created. And that's as much as I can tell you about flicking the switch. Something just resonated with me that here I am in the pouring rain, quarter past five in the morning. I really just want to be okay. Is this all I want from life? It never has been. I've always wanted more. I've just never known how to go about getting more. Uh, procrastination is something that's sat with me for a long, long time in terms of reading the books, not taking action, listening to the podcasts. And, you know, if you go back to maybe 50 or 60 episodes of, you know, take action or unsubscribe. It really is as simple as that. Um, I guess, as, as you're explaining that to me, Tommy, then it's maybe that is the simplest thing to take away from this podcast for people right now, which is we kind of try and develop this plan, this system of this is how I'm going to change my life. This is what I'm going to do. Whereas it's just that first step of just waking up and just doing the first thing. Mm -hmm. And then just trying to just show up the next day. And I'm a big victim of that, as you know, as well. Is like I try and build like a 30, 60, 90, 180, 365 day calendar plan. But as soon as I fall off on day 27 on my 30 day plan, I'm like, fuck it. 
fails. It's out the window. Uh, yeah. It's gone. It's black and white. Um, I, I guess the thing that I took away from that is one, just show up the next day and do your best, which is what, what I heard from Tommy. Someone, someone I follow on that note, he says, um, like, just starting is obviously the important thing, but if you can just improve by 1% every day, like, on a long enough time, you're going to. Yeah, I heard something similar actually recently. We might listen to the same show, which is like, if I just try and get a little bit better every day, imagine how good I'm going to be in 20 years' mm-hmm. time. Sort yeah. of, sort of well, there's a compounding effect of 1% every day is insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 100%. Stephen May says, it was amazing to follow Tommy's journey when he started. The consistency was what made me start to exercise and do all that I've done in lockdown. He really was an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, and I want to support that, Tommy. And I'm not just saying this to, because you're, you're here. Is uh, if you if you picked up the phone to Sarah now, my wife, I share your post with Sarah because you you've demonstrated such a, and I guess it's you, the most impressive thing really is the mindset that you've changed. But the easiest thing for people to see is the body transformation that you've gone through, and that's obviously just an outcome of the work that you're putting in. But it's really like it showed my wife, and she's like, "Holy shit!" And she's like, mm-hmm. "Use that as motivation to be like, let's do this, let's get, let's yeah. get on top of it." And with with the videos in the mornings, I think from a member of the community, you inspired a lot of us, mate. So please always remember that. Um, I want to again, if you guys are okay, just to jump onto the podcast. I love to learn more about what you're doing from a podcast perspective, and I guess for me, the reason why you decided to do podcasting. Uh, I'd love to just understand that a little bit. Yeah, and and also as well, Tommy, a little bit about like chapter one consultancy because I, mean, I know that that's what you're kind of setting up on the side now. So it'd be great to hear about those things. In yeah, cool. Yeah, so to take it back to the chapter one consultancy, uh, the reason that first of all I went with chapter one because I genuinely do feel that that some of these books and podcasts, once I put them into action, have changed my life. And, you know, you can be so far down your own book, you can almost be at the final chapter. There's nothing to stop you going all the way back to chapter one and starting again and rewriting it from scratch, which is essentially what I feel like I've done. Um, just to quickly pick up the point uh, on 1% better, I'd urge anyone just to pop into Google. Um, James Clear, who is the author of Atomic Habits, which hopefully we'll get to in, in the book club at one point, has a really nice, a really nice tidy graphic of what one percent better can mean um, over the year, over three hundred sixty-five days. The compound of that, I would urge anyone to go and just look at the image, pop it into Google, press images. It will be the first one that pops up, and that will give you just an idea of what that can actually mean. And a quick example of that is, you know, if you're looking to run a five or a ten k, which seemed all the rage during lockdown. Never leave the door thinking to yourself, no, I'm going to run five kilometres. Quite a daunting task if you've never run before. Step out your front door and say to yourself, you know, I'm going to run for two minutes, 120 seconds. I can guarantee any one person, whether you've ever run before or you're a triathlete, after that 120 seconds, your left foot will still go in front of your right foot. Just keep doing that more and more every day and that's your 1%. Before you know it, you'll be taking on 26 miles. Now, to go back to chapter one, um, because I have a degree in nutrition, um, I understand, and I get so many messages, and I'd like to say thanks to you guys in the community you know, for hopefully inspiring you and all your supporting backing. I just thought it's a way that I can give back. I'm already qualified and insured um, to give the advice. I know what advice to give. 
add that to the compounding effects of what I've learned in personal and self-development from the books, from the podcasts, from you know the reading of the scientific data, there must be something I can do. The podcast is just a small part of that. And selfishly, again, like you, Adam, on the interview programs, you know, I, I go away after we have the, the Wednesday and Thursday guest and I research who they are, I research their story. I pick out, you know, you're a very good interviewer. I pick out all the answers that you dig deep for. So selfishly, it's a chance for me to do that, as well as share, you know, audioly, if that's the word. <laughs> um, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> just little 10 to 15 minute snippets, like what I sent over to you from the Miracle Morning, like Atomic Habits, you know, like how to break up with your phone, and turn all your notifications off, how not to be distracted on a Sunday evening by emails. All those sort of things that have helped make my life better, just to share that. And if one person, just one person can take anything from it, then it's, it's worthwhile to me to do that. Absolutely love that. Go so on. is it, can I just ask, sorry, just to, are you trying to wrap up? No. Can I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> no, no, I, thought, I thought we were about to enter that. So can I just ask, with Chapter One Consultancy then, Tommy, are you... Is it is it mainly like nutrition focused, and it, or, or or like what what kind of services are you actually offering there? If you don't mind me asking. So basically, yeah, nutrition is going to be the main factor and the main basis of a, essentially a lifestyle consultancy. Okay. You know, so I can help people how to make more time, how to create the habits through everything I've learned through practical experience, as well as what I'm still learning. The further part of that is going to be something which I hope, I need to get trained in what's called NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, something I spoke to Stephen May about. At the moment, due to COVID, um, you can't do it over Zoom, it's got to be in person, so I'm just awaiting that coming back. Further to that, what I want to offer in terms of consultancy, if you like, is part of what, probably what Adam's looking to do, but not to that level of executive coaching or startup coaching. But what I want to do is because that morning at 5 a.m. on that walk literally and quite literally has changed my life and will continue to change my life, I want to offer something what's called walking and talking therapy. So basically someone pays for my time and we just walk. We walk outdoors I use all the tricks of, you know, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy of NLP. And I just basically help them change their lives by listening and offer advice. But it's not over a boardroom table. It's we walk freely in woodland, outdoors, wherever they want. We're going to have a coffee, a cake. But I can't offer that yet until I get trained and I feel like I'm ready. So the nutrition and lifestyle stuff, is just to build a little bit of a bank balance and a little bit of pop alongside the podcast to then put the money into training and long term that's the, that's the plan and that's the goal love it mate so you'll be doing you'll be doing this side by side with obviously becoming a director in the business as well hopefully i think how do you feel like the the um the balance between those two will play off in the future is that something that you've put much thought into or uh, um, yeah, you, you're a family man as well right so there's a, there's a time management piece here maybe that um in the future is probably going to play maybe a bigger role maybe not mm -hmm. as much right now but I'm, I'm interested to like hear kind of like what your goals might be whether it would be to kind of do one or the other or to do both at the same time which would be also be great 
Yeah, essentially, to start off, definitely with both. And something that I've really picked up on from Adam is the benefit of a calendar and non-negotiable time. You know, throughout lockdown, my email access for the moving and storage company was obviously revoked due to furlough. I simply couldn't do anything. I had so much time with my family. I'd done my garden, I'd done my garage. And I made a real promise to myself that as well as changing myself, I was going to change my structure and my time. I put non-negotiable time in. And much like Adam has said in previous podcasts or on previous parts of the network and and Facebook community, um, is that people respect you more if you say no. You say, you know, I'm sorry I can't attend that meeting. I've got to put my kids to bed. We've got bedtime story. Or, you know, if I say, you know, really, sorry, I can't answer your email. I've got a client that's booked six minutes of my time to go a walk and I'm going to essentially help them change their life. I'll pick it up at 9 a.m. in the morning. What Stephen May said to me is no one will die if you do not respond to an email. And I think that really resonates so much. Top of the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far anybody else has kind of got into this week's, uh, sorry, this, this month's book from the book club but a lot of this stuff is very intertwined with with the indistractable book um i'm about 10 chapters in it's great well, adam's me, me, just downloading it now no 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 it's funny enough <laughs> we, we we spent some time together the weekend and i actually have it in audible and I, I kind of i'm a victim sometimes of listening listening passively it's in the car it's noise or i put it on at night think i'm gonna listen to it but i fall asleep to it it's, it's kind of actually quite ironic that I listen to the book to be distracted from life. Uh, so I put the book in. So I actually, I'm like three chapters in and I can't remember one thing from it. So I'm, I'm reverting I, back I, to it. There's a lot. Of, I don't know if you've read the book, Tommy, Indistractable, this month's, this month's book, but there's a lot of the stuff that you're talking about definitely resonates with me. But even you just 100%. said at the weekend, is like you, you feel a bit of anxiety in terms of there's emails in your inbox that... Yeah. playing on your mind Saturday yeah, yeah. and Sunday but well, nothing's going to change until Monday morning yeah, but yeah. it's really hard to have that disconnect yeah. and that's I think that's what a lot of the people here as well as in the community are trying to deal with it's that disconnect of like how do I enjoy and be present and then turn the switch back on for work on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock yeah and there's a lot of real balance a lot around kind of like you mentioned earlier on Tommy about like procrastination was you know was something that you suffered with for a long time something that i'm suffering with at the minute um and i know you have issues with mm-hmm. it as well don't you um and this book and what you're saying it's kind of like weird timing because it's I'm looking forward like to everything's kind of like it's it's definitely th- these are definitely the messages that i need to hear right now mm-hmm. um so thanks for sharing um mate it's uh, it's really good to hear you yeah no worries um, this month that i have promised uh, and certainly well it's in my calendar for, for scheduled reading time, uh, as part of the, the Miracle Morning Pillars, um, I always read 10 pages a day. But I am very much like Adam. When it's a podcast or a conversation, I can take it all in and process it. When it's a book and it's a little bit monotone on audio, I tend to just let it drift away from me. Um, so there, there's actually a page called Get Better With Books. And what it taught me to do was read 10 to 20 pages, highlight, fold, take notes from those pages and then what I do is once a month on a Sunday evening I go through all of my notes um, because if I said to you a, a book that you read last year you say it's a great book I said well tell me about it though tell me what you learned tell me what you 
had taken from that book. Like practice that it's, it's very, very difficult for you to say what it is. You can tell me you did take something from it. You can tell me it's a great read. Again, it's not always about taking action. It's about remembering the key points and takeaways that you took away 12 months ago, 18 months ago. So I reread all of my Cliff Notes um, on little A6 cards once a month just to remind me myself of my habits, of what I still have to implement, what I have implemented but can still improve on. And I think that really is the key. Uh, Tommy, in order to sort of like wrap this up, I want to just kind of like leave it as an open mic for you to sort of say, someone's listening to the show right now. What do you want them to do? Like what are the takeaways that you want them to get from this, this exchange we've had? I really want people to, to dig a little bit deeper. Um, I speak to so much people who want change, um, you know, and sometimes I say to people, it's not a mantra that I can advertise, but can I swear on here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So what, what I ask of people, um, anyone who wants to work with me in lifestyle and hopefully, you know, walking therapy, is you have to do two things. You have to meet me halfway and you have to show the fuck up. Do those and you will actually do okay. You'll do better and okay. You'll do good. And that's what we all want. I love that. What, what a way to wrap up. Uh, Tommy, from, from me, uh, consider you a friend, even though we've never met. I want to say a huge thank you for doing the contributions. Over the, over the period of being part of the Facebook group and now the network. Um, really, honestly, looking forward to coming up, meeting you, grabbing a beer, grabbing some food. Uh, and I guess most importantly, going for a walk. Because uh, I've just yeah. got a feeling that uh, <laughs> that will be one hell of an experience with yourself, mate. Anything from you guys? No, again, same, same echo, the same as you, really. Um, yeah, thanks for all the input that you put in, mate. It's really appreciated. Um, we love having you as part of the community. You're a valued member. And it's great to see the transformation. And I, I personally love the, uh, the videos, mate, appearing in my yeah. Facebook feed. So please continue doing those. Dan Holiday says, sounds like a meetup in Scotland. Sounds yeah, like a meetup in Scotland. That's the next one on the agenda. Sounds like an MBS meetup Well, I've got, I've, got ben, sure. I've got Ben Nevis in the calendar for Q1 next year. So right. we, might, we might have to do is that, something. Is that a community climb? Community you call it a climb, climb or is it a hill walk? Oh, I'd be well up for Are organizing for that? that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Tommy, what do you no. think? Community, community no climb? No camping, though. No camping. Sure. camping. Oh. Yeah, we're camping as well. Tommy, Ben. Well, seriously, seriously, guys, it's a beautiful climb and it's a beautiful part of the world. Let's get it set up. 100%. I feel, like it. if, I feel like if Tommy puts his mind to it, it's going to fucking happen. He'll carry people. <laughs> uh, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Listen, stay well. I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Look after Thanks you for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Tommy. Cheers. Bye, mate. Cheers, guys. Mate.